Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. We have another parable to consider in this episode. It is found in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. The parable opens with the image of a fig tree planted in a vineyard. Both entities in the Old Testament are used as metaphors for Israel, and this is certainly the case here. To get a feel for how these metaphors play out, let's consider some key Old Testament verses. Micah chapter 7 verse 1 says this, What misery is mine! I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the early figs that I crave. In Micah's time, Israel's leadership was lacking in integrity, and the nation was marred by the absence of justice and mercy. As a result, they were not bearing fruit as they should in God's assessment of things. The vineyard image is strongly presented in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1-7. to This is a passage known as the Song of the Lord's Vineyard. Now I will sing for the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. He ploughed the land, cleared its stones, and planted it with the best vines. In the middle, he built a watchtower and carved a winepress in the nearby rocks. Then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes, but the grapes that grew were bitter. Now, you people of Jerusalem and Judah, you judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard that I have not already done? When I expected sweet grapes, why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Now, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it. I will make it a wild place where the vines are not pruned and the ground is not hoed, a place overgrown with briars and thorns. I will command the clouds to drop no rain on it. The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness but instead he heard cries of violence. The image of the fig tree is also strongly presented, and we see an example of this in Jeremiah chapter 24. After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon exiled Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with the officials of Judah and all the craftsmen and artisans, the Lord gave me this vision. I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. One basket was filled with fresh, ripe figs, while the other was filled with bad figs that were too rotten to eat. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, Figs, some very good and some very bad, too rotten to eat. Then the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah to the land of the Babylonians. I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. 
They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me wholeheartedly. But the bad figs, the Lord replied, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, all the people left in Jerusalem, and those who live in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. In our parable, a landowner plants a fig tree in a vineyard. He appoints somebody to tend it, and over time comes to a point where he wants a return from his investment. Fig trees, in comparison to other fruit trees, actually have a longer juvenile period. It's a known fact that fig trees don't bear a crop for some time, certainly not in the first year. If the growing conditions are disrupted in some way, like a frost or tree damage or even over-fertilizing, it may take four or five years to get what you would call a harvest. In optimal conditions, two to three years is ideal. Here, after three years, the owner is looking for some fruit. In his estimation, the best conditions have been provided and production was now being sought after for good reason. But the owner is disappointed to find that nothing is coming from what he's invested in. Cutting it down is now a real possibility. It was bad for business for an unproductive tree to take up residence and take up time and resources for little back. Water in that setting was a precious commodity. This thing was getting expensive and no return was on the horizon. Not even personal reward. Even a few figs for a fruit salad might have been nice. But then we have the keeper of the vineyard. He is the one with a personal vested interest in this thing. He sees the work that has gone into growing this tree. He has had three years personally interacting with it. He's personally in touch with the frosty conditions it has faced, and he has also seen buds and hopeful things in amongst its branches. He knows it's a matter of time, and perhaps just a little more could do the trick. At the request of the caretaker, the owner grants one more short season for the keeper to do what he does. But after that, it's curtains to the unproductive tree. The time between Malachi and Jesus, around 350 years, was believed to be a rather silent time in Israel when it came to the Word of God. So when Jesus arrived, he did so with quite a bang. It was abundantly clear that God was at work again in his vineyard. And this time, he planted something new and fresh. His kingdom was now at hand, and we are coming to the completion of the plan of all mankind's salvation. Jesus was the keeper of this new plan. He is the keeper of the fig tree in the vineyard. After three years, the time was coming for the plan to reach its conclusion, but it wasn't bearing the fruit like it perhaps should have. Israel wasn't believing in its Messiah. He didn't come in the packaging that they'd expected, and they'd heaped further frost and harm on the fig tree. Israel was not responding the right way to this new tree in their vineyard. They were not repenting of their sin. They were not coming back to justice and mercy. They were stuck in their old religious system that analyzed catastrophes, looking for the sin in people that caused it to happen, and causing further burdens on people by convincing them their illnesses and disabilities and ailments were the result of God's judgment. Instead of meeting these people where they were at and ministering to them accordingly, they would simply use these things as justification for their own moral standing before God. I'm healthy and wealthy, and it's because God is blessing me and my righteousness. You are sick and experience bad things because, well, you're a sinner. How self-righteous and how awful is that? Now, there would be a time when the conditions of the vineyard would be changing. There would be a time when the unproductive fig tree would get chopped down. But the presence of Jesus meant there would still be grace and one last chance for the fig tree to produce something. He would invest all he had and then some before that day would come so that even a small amount of fruit could convince the owner to keep it around. Now, there is loads of speculation as to how the extra effort manifested itself in this parable and whether the fig tree actually got chopped down or not. Soon after this parable, 
Jesus would lay down his very life. He would invest all he had into the fig tree in the hope of it bearing fruit. Then he rose and ascended to heaven and poured out his Holy Spirit on that fig tree. It bore some fruit, enough for the other nations to take it and run. But there is a suggestion by many that the fig tree of Israel came to an abrupt end in AD 70. That's when Jerusalem and its temple were all destroyed by the Romans. But not before the vineyard took a global form. The Christian faith was quickly forced out of Jerusalem and into Gentile lands. Antioch in Syria first, then Ephesus in ancient Turkey, then Rome, then, well, everywhere. The original fig tree may not be active, but the fruit it did produce got planted elsewhere. Most of those plantings are still thriving. Some in persecuted corners of the world are just surviving right now and they need our prayer. So let's reflect on all this for our current time. If the fig tree is a metaphor for the ancient church state of Israel, then there is a good case to be made for the metaphor to extend to the modern local church. The cities and locations around your church are therefore an extension of God's vineyard. And with the Holy Spirit present in the church, it is fair to say that we have all we need to be a productive presence in that vineyard setting. And make no mistake, there will be a time when the fig tree you are part of will be called upon to show what it can produce. The owner of the vineyard will be looking for productivity. And in the early chapters of Revelation, we are shown a vivid image of Jesus walking around the churches, looking closely at what she is producing in his name. The fig tree of Jesus' day might have had overflowing synagogue meetings and lots of outward religious ceremonial expression, but it wasn't being very productive in the things that really mattered. It was a leafy tree, but not a fruitful one. The parable indicates that when a fig tree doesn't bear fruit in season, it will experience grace for a time, evidenced by more water, more fertilizer, more attention, but it will eventually be cut down. So believer, as you consider your faith expression, and even as you consider your local church expression, ponder this question. Does the fruit match the label on the tree? If you want to grow your own fruit tree, you will likely end up at a local nursery or hardware store to buy a young version of what you are after. While a fig tree is very easy to identify by its distinct leaves, other fruit trees are not as easy, so you'll rely heavily on the tags that the store provides. The truth is, you will be buying the tree mainly in good faith, based on the label attached. And depending on the conditions and climate, you may not see fruit for a couple of years. But at some point, that thing will fruit, and the tag will then be proven to be true or not. In an ideal world, anybody beholding your fully grown tree won't need a tag to identify it. The fruit it bears will be evident to everyone. The fig tree in God's vineyard had a label stating God's intention for the fruit it would produce. Israel would be a source of mercy and justice, of righteousness and faithfulness to the one true God. It was to be a source of God's light to the entire world. But in the first century, the fruit was anything but that. The fig tree in your location has many labels. The sign out the front of your local church is certainly one. The cross around your neck, the fish sticker on your car, the Bible verses you post on social media, your claims of personal faith in your classroom or office. These are all labels. And like it or not, they all to some degree promise fruit in keeping with the claims. So friend, is the fruit there to be seen? And if you are young in faith, is there evidence that the fruit is on the way? Is there mercy forming? Is there justice coming together? 
Is there a good grasp on what righteousness is? As in, it has nothing to do with all the right things you do, but everything to do with what Jesus did. Is there grace towards others? Is there forgiveness? Is there demonstrated unity with others who share your claim? Is there genuine love? In our parable, Israel's branches were not matching the label God intended for them, and the fig tree got planted elsewhere, in yours and my neighborhood, as well as across the world. Are you, are we, producing what God has empowered us to produce? Are we known merely by our claims, or are we known to God and His vineyard by our fruit? Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to put up a rating and even a comment if your platform allows for it, as this will help others know what to expect. I look forward to catching up next time.